Hello, everyone. I am Jessica Smith, and this is the Game of Love podcast. I am so excited. I have a very, very special guest in the studio today. He is the relationship architect, author of multiple best-selling books, and he is the founder of a growing men's movement known as the Evolving Man. Jeff Lawton, thank you so much for being here. It's so great having you back. Well, thank you for inviting me back. Oh. It's good to have some more fun, and hello out there to all you confused men and women. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. And Jeff, thank you so much for coming back. We had an amazing first episode. You were here back in the summer, and the listeners loved it. So did I. Oh, I did too. I did too. It was one of our, our highest listened to episode. And um, if you haven't heard it, you guys go back and go back and listen. And uh, today it was the bomb. It was the bomb, wasn't it? Yeah. So now we get to make another one. That's right. <laughs> make some more magic today. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, Jeff, you are such an incredible man. And I, I want to say before we get started, Thank you so much for the work that you're doing in this world. You have, for decades, been working with men to help them find themselves, love themselves, understand themselves, how to be in relationship with other people. You are doing remarkable work in this world. Thank you. Yeah, I have to. It's not been a choice for a long time. And I, I also do that. For all people, not just men, but men, I think we're at a time where there's so much confusion about how do I be a good man? How do I be the right man? How do I be an honorable man? How do I get my head out of my ass? You know, those are some of the predominant questions (laughs) that I hear from all the men that, you know, I run across and work with. So... I appreciate that maybe now more than ever, there's already more than enough division in this world. Mm-hmm. And the division between men and women, where they get polarized and get dehumanized because of that polarization, yeah, that shit has to stop. Yep. So I'm doing my part to help that happen. Thank you. And not only do you help a lot of men by proxy, you help a lot of women too. You get a lot of women that reach out thanking you. I mean, even my, even one of my team members was, was thanking you before we went on air. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and for a long time that when I first began doing men's work about 20 years ago, the almost all the men who ever got to me, got to me because of their women. Oh, so they brought, the women brought you in. Well, it, it often took the form of, you either go see this guy or I'm out. Mm. And that usually is a language that a guy who really cares will pay more attention to. Yeah. Only it's the ideal way to make it happen, but that's how it used to be. Yeah. And really in the last year, year, year and a half, more men are coming of their own volition, you know, particularly the younger men that are in their 20s and 30s, which, because people can't see me, I am way beyond my 20s and 30s. So these younger guys are way more awake and way more wanting to understand how to navigate their way as a man at really every level, professional, personal, romantic, it, how, how, do I, how do I do this thing? Yeah, and with a lot of those young men, it, it's, it's tumultuous right now for them. Right? With, with society where we're at, you talked about it being polarized with, hush my mouth, but I'm going to say it, the Me Too movement. There's men don't know what to do, and it's, it's scary. They don't know how to show up and... Um, I, I am blessed to know a lot of the men that are in your men's group and your reputa- reputation precedes you. <laughs> I've heard so many great things. So many of my friends sing your praises because you do help so much and, and you are helping so many men, like you said, navigate all areas of their lives. 
I want to talk about the millennial men right out of the gate. Um, A lot of men in your group that are showing up for your guidance, they are millennials. I have a, a lot of my followers. I think most of my followers are millennial men. And my thing with millennials, my heart really goes out to them. My heart really goes out to them because they are of a generation that they haven't had beautiful, healthy relationships demonstrated to them. Right. They've seen their brothers and sisters get married, get divorced, you know, have like a two year marriage, hate each other, have a couple babies, terrible divorce, been cheated on. You know, they haven't had like like us we we've seen our parents and our grandparents have healthy relationships like these i feel like the millennials they don't get to re- they haven't had the opportunity to see the generations before them model healthy relationships well and and the one i mean i got to say for me i had a horrible model of relationship growing mm. up my parents relationship was just a shipwreck from day one how that helped me is it gave me a great model of how I don't want how I didn't want relationship to be sure so I think that whether you fall on that healthy model or like in my case you didn't have much of that both of them can serve to really motivate or inspire someone to essentially have the best relationship and the best life, and by the way, a relationship is not mandatory to have an outrageously incredible That's life. That's right, sir. That's right. right? Mm-hmm. And so I think this, this millennial generation, also, they either had no model or a really unhealthy model, because I think this is the generation where their parents, you know, looking at myself, because my son is 30 about to turn 33 so my generation was torn between seeing where our parents generation was you know way at the the kind of the tail end of the 50s and early 60s and following parenting advice that now we know was not so great and absent parents, latchkey kids, and what I'm noticing with the men that are in our community is some of them grew up with that. They had parents who were healthy, quote-unquote, on the outside, but they also noticed that there could be an enormous lack of connection. Mm. You know where they're they're like. Um, Do you ever see the movie Ordinary People? No. You should watch that movie. Okay. Um, old movie, but it it's an incredible representation of all the window dressing mm. looks fabulous, and there's nobody home. Okay. So what I what I'm noticing with these guys is. They might love their mom and dad. They might have respect for their relationship. But they're more aware and seeing where the holes might be in their parents' relationship. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, what their wounds have been from growing up in their family. And there's not a single human being that escapes childhood uninjured. Yep. Not one. Yep. So they've got their baggage. Sure. But then they also see, I think a lot of them see that parents might have been together for a while, or maybe I know guys who their parents might be on their third or fourth marriage with other people, and they want something better than that. Mm. They, they really want to be able to have a relationship with depth. And they want, they're really longing for a level of heart connection and soul connection that that's something they really didn't have a lot of models for. And then you throw in gender roles and gender stereotypes and all that stuff. They don't know what the hell to do. Mm. So that, 
that's what really propels me to want to try and help. And I, I've said, I think I mentioned this when we met over the summer too. It's so funny for me to be talking to a, a you know a dating expert. I haven't been on a date in thirty nine years. <laughs> so, but the one thing that I do know is people's longing to live their heart and their spirit fully, whether they're even thinking that consciously, that's universal. Mm-hmm. And again, because of how weird things are in the world today, people are, are really wanting to be able to have an anchor besides just their mind in relationship and out. So mm-hmm. I don't that at all addressed what you asked me, but that's... Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, really, Jeff, you are incredible. It, for, like, especially for the women listening and the men that are curious about a men's group, could you give us like a sneak peek into the group? What what are men in the group, what are their, their most common questions and struggles that they are coming into the group with? Sure. So it's interesting to really simplify a little bit. They generally fall in one of two tracks, though, of course, because it's life, there's overlap. We have a bunch of men who... I'd say their biggest struggle is how do I do relationship right? Mm. Right? We have some groups where several of the men, their relationships are a mess. And they're trying to navigate, should I stay? Should I go? What's my part and what's not working for me? And, um, or... The flip side will be the guys who don't have a relationship. Some of them, again, given their age, not too many of our guys have had a ton of relationships. And we have some who haven't ever had one at all, or maybe not one since high school. So some of the guys are really wanting a relationship. So they're working on how do I... How do I get one? How do I find one? Which, of course, the inconvenient truth to that is you're not going to find one. You can't go, like, to Macy's and get one. (laughs) Just pick one off the shelf. Right, right. You know, but that's kind of a a male, you know, we're so millennia worth of going out and killing buffalo and bringing food in and protecting home and hearth and family. That, but we don't live in a time where, you know, going out with, in my opinion, going out with a, a five-point plan, okay, here's my checklist, and if I check off each thing, then I'm going to be golden. I'm going to find that woman. Right. And half the time, and this is part of what also gets worked on, is, well, what do you want? I want a relationship <laughs> with a good with a good woman, right? And and I will say, and I think they hate it when I ask them this. Why? <laughs> Very why? important question. <laughs> oh my god! Why do you you know yeah. why and what? Why do you want one? And what are you wanting or expecting from one? Yep. So that's one thread. Another pretty common topic will be, where am I going? You know, a lot of these guys, you know, particularly guys that are in their late 20s to early 30s, they've, most of our guys, if not all of them, you know, they've achieved some level of professional, you know, they... They've gotten everything wired. They have a good job. Maybe they're making decent or great money. Um, So they've fulfilled that part of the stereotype of what we're supposed to do as grown-ups. They don't have the 2.4 dogs and the 3.8 cars and the house and the kids yet. And with their professional success, they're noticing that they're not feeling all that happy. Mm. And they're genuinely curious as to 
degree, graduate school. Check, check. Good job. Check. What the fuck? I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I feel empty. Mm. I'm on autopilot. So I'd say, I'd label that, that those are people who are trying to figure out what their purpose is. Because any human is lost without knowing what that is. Absolutely. Male or female. Not, not knowing what that is, or at least having a good beginning sense of it. Yep. Then we're just totally bobbing in the ocean of metaphysical existence, wondering when am I going to be having fun in this life? Right. So those are a couple of the key things. Um, career changes. We have some men that have good jobs, but they're bored, or maybe they're beginning to realize that they picked a career to make mom and dad happy, mm. and they weren't listening to their own inner guidance. Right. Some men wouldn't know how to recognize their inner guidance if it hit them upside the head and said, dude, right here. <laughs> and so they're just, I guess you could sum it all up, is they're all men looking how to walk an integrous path mm. for their life. And it can just differ between which area, professional, romantic, spiritual, physical, right. what area is the lack of that most apparent. Right. And wanting to be able to get answers and discover that. And one of the things that I love about, you know, not just our work, but any good men's work, and there is more of it more of it out there now than there was even five years ago is to do that just in the hall of mirrors between your ears that can just be a cluster you've got to have community around you you've yeah. got you need i mean we'll bullshit ourselves to eternity and back absolutely and that is harder to do when you're in a room of other men or in women's case their women's circle because i'm a major believer that i don't care what your equipment is you need a support group around you that just help you do yeah. this thing called life that is damn hard that's right and we're inherently prone to believing our own PR that happens here in the head. Absolutely. So we provide a community, um, our groups, we have several groups. We just provide a safe place that's facilitated by me and my partner, Mark Johnson. And we provide space, guidance, coaching to help them find their answers. We don't give the men the answers, because that would be abhorrently arrogant. But we know how to help help people, because we're still doing it. Right. I, my head's as much up my butt on given days <laughs> as it was 30 years ago. Your wife is shaking her head yes, right, <laughs> yeah. listening? No. I love it anyway. <laughs> um, so that's, we provide... This is about as much as I could give you a fly on the wall, bird's eye view, which many women over the years have said, God, I want to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> yes. Is those are the kinds of things that they're looking at. And then you also get an accountability mm. because we can say all kinds of things, but if we don't have accountability, then again, the mind has no problem going next week. Right. And so these guys are connecting almost every day in between meetings. Wow, that is beautiful. Sharing what they're going through. They get a suggestion, they try it, and they're writing each other or calling each other and saying, I tried that thing, it really worked. Um, one of our mutual friends is a perfect example of that. Yeah. So it's really not... Here's the other thing. We are trying to smash the gender stereotype that men hold within themselves 
that we're supposed to be able to do it all by ourselves. Mm. Ooh, that's a big one. Oh. That's a big one. It's awful. And I love everything that you're doing. You and your partner are doing incredible work in the world. And I stu- I also stand behind community, leading my transformational yoga retreats around the world. Right. Magic happens when people come together consciously to work, to work through their issues. We're not meant to do this on our own. Like you said, when we're in our heads, we need guidance. We need, we need grounding. We need a different perspective. And I love in your groups, it's different generations different men of uh, different backgrounds yeah. with different issues. And it's beautiful how we learn from each other. The The man who is not happy with his career, who's 56 years old, wondering like, is this, is this it? Right. Sitting in the same room with a 27 year old man that's single, that's his career is up and coming and he's excited and he's. And he has his own version of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. And how they can be together and learn from each other. It's, it's so powerful and, oh, I, I love it. And I want to talk about, I want to dive deeper into the, the struggles that these guys are having. And let's start with the men in relationships right now, mm-hmm. uh, they want to be better. And I, I'm not going to quote you, but you said something to the effect of, um, what am I doing wrong or what can I do better? Right. Like that just, that like blows my mind, warms my heart. gives me hope when people say, what can I do better? What am, what is my role in that? Oh, that's like, there's so much promise there. There is so much potential for, for growth, for opportunity, for betterment. So let's let's talk about these guys and their relationships. Well, can I ask you a question? Oh, okay, sure. Um, why does that give you hope? It gives me hope because when, when anyone, when a man, woman, child, when they are conscious enough and awake enough to say, "Whoa, what what am." What am I doing? How am I showing up? How am I helping or hurting the situation? Mm-hmm. When there's that openness, that curiosity, that's when real magic happens, when growth, when connection, there, there's so much goodness that can take place. Because uh, the opposite of that, uh, there's sadly still a lot of people out there that in relationships, it's, what are you doing? What are you doing for me? What, like, uh, one of, one of my friends, um, Swami Dharmananda, he is this amazing monk. He's traveled the world teaching and I've had the pleasure of teaching with him. Mm -hmm. And he said one day in a lecture, the problem with Western relationships is that we're all looking at the other person saying, what are you going to do for me? (laughs) Right. And so, so this is where ooh. this is where you want to edit in a clip from Janet Jackson's "What Have You Done for Me what Lately?" What have you done for me? Yes. <laughs> that song has been coming up in my head every day this week. You know, really? I actually it's listened to that, that last week. Oh, did you? <laughs> I mean, oh it's slamming tune, but it, it is in just about every session I've had this week with clients. Um, that is. And that's why I asked you the question, because I figured that's what you were going to say. And that's a good tee up for where I think you're wanting to explore, which is the relationships being looked at as what's the balance sheet of transactions. Yep. You know, what, because I definitely have clients that are so in that boat, they're, they're keeping score. Yeah, being track, and I've given more than you have, and you should be me. You know, you need to be matching my score. Right. This is supposed to be fifty fifty. Right. Fifty fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Right. Buy it. Mm-hmm. I I love the concept of talking about that fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. Is I'm going to give one hundred percent of me. Right. I want you to give a hundred percent of you. 
And then it's always going to be, uh, and my mom is in the studio now and she's been married for, for a long time and happy. My dad is amazing. Um, so I know she would back me up on this, that life it's, it's fluid. There's ups and downs. There's times that we feel like we're on top of the world. We feel great. Everything's working and we're giving, we're giving the 50% and we're doing absolutely like our half. I got my half. And there's times that we're not, right. that we're just, we're, we hit a rough patch and it's like, I can only give you like 17% of me right now. <laughs> but part of it, where that gets to be problematic is that a lot of people, if they have the awareness, and I'm not meaning to be insulting to anybody, I'm just going off of a lot of years of experience, your average person really struggles with being able to see themselves with impeccable honesty. Mm. Mm. Like I said earlier, we buy our egos <sighs> BS. Yes, we do. And so it's so much easier to notice, well, I'm giving my 50 and you're not, and not even notice that what you might be giving is 50% of nothing. Oh, oh, oh. Right? Yes. You look like you've been there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I, my mind is blown right now. You're so right. And if you're giving that 50% of nothing whether you're consciously aware of it or not, because you have your own fear of looking at who you really are, which is somewhat indicated by how you keep choosing to behave, good, bad, or ugly. Mm -hmm. And that everything starts, and this is why I'm making up you love the idea of looking at your piece. Whenever it's not working in a relationship, is 100% the responsibility of both people, right? Mm, yep. They're not giving their 100% of themselves to them. How do they give it to their partner? Right. What will happen instead is they look to their partner to fill in whatever the percentage gap is. Yep. You know, like, okay, honey, you need to take care of this other 50% that I'm not accessing, maybe as an example, because I think it is supposed to come from out here mm -hmm. instead of from in the inside. Yep. I'm acting like I'm on camera. So pointing to my chest, <laughs> yes. people. That, that's, if you can't honestly look at, are you giving 100%? Yep. Are you giving your best? Yep. And when you're incapable of giving your best during the times you mention where things are going to hell in a handbasket and they're out of control, a tragedy happens, you get sick, your partner drops dead on you one day, that you, when you can't access it inside, and we all have those moments, yep. and if we didn't, we wouldn't be human, the ability to be able to say, especially to our love partner, or if we're not in a relationship, to say to your inner circle, the people you would trust your life with, I am out. I am tapped out. Mm -hmm. I am broken right now. Mm. Mm. And I've been there. And the fear that men have of telling the truth about that when we hit it is part of why we die younger than women do. You know, it's like man up, yep. grow a pair, yep. all that. Well, the biggest pair of balls you could possibly have is to be able to just be honest with where you are. Yep. Especially with your intimates. Absolutely. Men have so much pressure and they're they're not given the the ability just to be human 
I, I think so often in our society that we forget that men actually have feelings and have insecurities yeah. and have moments of weakness. That to- well, and even weakness. Pardon me for. Oh yeah. I want to say it while I think it. Even what we define as weak can be really distorted. So distorted. Like vulnerability or having emotions yep. has, at least in my father's and grandfather's generation, not so much mine, but, you know, you were a weak man if you felt sad or if you actually went, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Having a clue. Mm-hmm. Weak, weak, weak. Bad, 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 bad. Mm-hmm. And... That's one thing I'm loving about these younger guys is they're coming in in front of other men, other peers, and going, I don't have a clue. Wow. And having to deal with whatever residue has come from generation to generation to generation. Yep. Of, but you should. Mm. You should know. And some women... You know, they want their man to be strong. Yep. But they also want their man to be vulnerable. Right. Ooh. Right? Mm-hmm. Perfect example of imagine one hand out in front of me like a stop sign and my other hand. It's like, like come, but forward. don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me the, this. Wh- which one do you want? You, you're giving it to me. <laughs> yeah. Um that's one area in particular to just riff off of what you were saying is you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yep. It is complicated right now. And I want to go a little bit different route in explaining Mm -hmm. this. You and I have talked about this at length, both on air and personally, that the masculine and feminine are not just genders, they're an energy. And the way I describe it to my clients is each one of us are a yin and yang symbol. There's the darkness, there's the light, there's the masculine, there's the feminine. It's, It's all about balance. And we can take on and be in our feminine energy, no matter if we're a woman or a man, we can be in our masculine energy, no matter what gender we are. And in our society right now, the way that women have really stepped up their women are freaking kicking ass in like so many areas. Right. And what, what I personally see is a lot of women are in their masculine energy because they're in male dominated industries. They're, they're having to, be strong. They're in boardrooms and they have to show up as these, these powerful women, which is beautiful. It is a beautiful thing. It is beautiful that we can be strong. We're the masculine energy. And I want to break down the energies too. And you can definitely help me with this. That the feminine energy is, it's strong, yet it's soft. It's chaotic. We change our minds a lot. We're enjoying things. We're just like, oh, we can, we can enjoy. We're nurturing, yet we're also receivers. Right. Ladies, you are. <laughs> like, you can actually receive, ladies. You can sit back and enjoy someone bringing you a cup of coffee or, right. you know, have somebody make you a meal or whatever. So there's, the, there's a feminine energy that's relaxed and in the present and enjoying life which has its place, like that energy has its place. And then there's the masculine energy that also has its place. That's decisive. That I always laugh. It's like we need the masculine energy when we're dating because somebody or in relationships, somebody has to decide what we're having for dinner tonight. (laughs) Somebody needs to. The masculine, yeah, the masculine. Somebody has to have it. One of the best aspects of the masculine is its innate ability to get a sense of what's supposed to happen. Yep. And we go from point A to point B. Yep. And in the masculine, again, irrespective of gender, when we're in that, 
then the straightest path from A to B is as straight a line as possible. When we're in the feminine, it's more like, well, I need to get from A to, well, maybe G, and then maybe, maybe R. Oh, yeah, and I want to get to B. And the straightest <laughs> path is some geometric nightmare that can happen. Yes. Right? I love that storytelling because men will, they'll just tell the story. This is what happened. Right. And women, I love it. I'll even, when I go to tell a story to a man or a woman, I'll say, yeah. I'm going to give you the, the female version of it. So I was getting ready, and then all of a sudden I go off on this tangent, and I talk about what my friend and I did, and it's like zigzagging all over the place. Mm -hmm. We'll eventually end up at that spot, but we have a lot of information to tell you along the way that it's going to be entertaining, exciting, mundane, boring. Right. It's just full of delight. (laughs) Right. And one of the, just as long as you're bringing that up, one of the things that challenges men with that, I mean, I kind of appreciate it. When I was first dating my wife, it would be, it could go over days, right? <laughs> Where she'd start talking about something, and I'm, you know, rapidly, I'm totally newly in love, and I'm like, oh, yes, tell me, please. <laughs> and, and then she suddenly, like, even before a sentence was over, would go to, well, then there was the thing with the dog, and... And then she might never go back to the original thread until the next day. Right. So it actually became a very masculine male point of pride for me to go, okay, let me, okay. Oh, and this is the other Okay, yeah. You're trying to follow along. You have like a diagram, like strings connecting. Yeah, it's like an in-house game of sleuth or something that I got to play. But the the thing I the thing I wanted to add on to what you were saying because I think that the masculine, if I had to sum up the way the masculine generally shows up in men or women, is knowing what needs to be done yep. and doing it. Yep. The masculine energy is not emotionless. Right. But I'll just speak for men. Um, we are deeply feeling, and we can be deeply emotional. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is when something really needs to be done and accomplished. Yep. Like maybe fixing a flat tire on the road or whatever. Yep. You have to, you know, compartmentalize yep. that emotion. Yep. Put it aside, get done what needs to be done. Yep. And then you've got to pick that container of emotion back up, feel it, move it, release it, express it, you know, do what you need to do. That's right. And of course, a lot of why women experience a lot of men as being emotionally absent or vacant is because we probably have spent most of our lives putting the feelings in that box yep, and we never go back to deal with it mm-hmm. until like what happened with me and what has happened with many of the men I've worked with over the years, we blow our life up. Mm. We, we get a drinking problem or we become serial husbands and wandering around, wondering, how come there aren't any good women? I've tried eight of them now, and none of them have worked out. Right. And never looking in the mirror going, uh... Oh. What's the common denominator here, bud? (sighs) Me. (laughs) Um, And I think another issue, just because I'm old enough to have actually... I remember the 50s, that that whole mindset of how women and men are supposed to be then women's live coming in in the 60s and there's so much of that that was awesome and I'm actually one of those guys that love that women are getting the opportunity to be right there with us as equals to ultimately get to be regarded as equals so I'm not against I don't look at me too as an inherently bad thing, 
but I look at it as it's missing a few details, like Mm -hmm. men have been told that if you aren't strong, accomplishing a certain amount, that you're a failure. And women are having to adopt that masculine energy to be in a masculine-dominated paradigm. And there's this inherent confusion because women women I've known that have succeeded, say, in corporate environments through being able to bring the masculine as powerfully as any man can, it, it drives them up. Yep. Right? It, yeah. It kills their spirit. Yep. Because it's too much of one thing. And then in the 60s and the 70s, you know, particularly in the 70s, the whole thing with men was you've got to be more emotional. You should be more sensitive. So there's a way in which the masculine in this country anyway was culturally emasculated. Definitely. And so, as we were talking about earlier, what do you do when you've been told that you should be softer, you should be, you know, more sensitive, and then you run into the, the acronym when I was in my 20s was sensitive new age guy. Mm. Right? Smack. And so those were those were the guys that were wandering around in yoga pants and ponytails and oming their way and their women are like, Would you just fuck me please? (laughs) (laughs) For the love of God. (laughs) Could ya? I mean Right. And and please you don't have to ask permission or what I'm not talking about non-consensual. Right, right, right. But it, the confusion of what is the right way, the right way. Right. To, you know, you can be manly, whatever that means. You can be manly mm-hmm. here, 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 and there. But if you're doing it there, there, and there, then, you know, you're weak or you're flawed or you're boring. Yep. And that that really is another huge issue that we work with in all our groups is um, there's a fabulous book out there called No More Mr. Nice Guy. And it it's essentially really identifying kind of that uh, figuratively emasculated man who he survived by tending to everyone else's needs mm-hmm. usually begins with mom and you're about everybody else's need and so you're just the nicest guy on earth and you have not much connection with what your needs actually are or if you do you don't think they're okay and you believe that the way you're going to get your needs met is to be really a nice guy mm. and you know pamper your women and you know just be wow he's an amazing guy and underneath all of it consciously or unconsciously it's nothing more than a manipulation to try and get your needs met because you think okay here's the equation to get them met yep because you don't know how to meet them yourself anymore if you ever did oh yep so that that also contributes to this women that want a powerful man and yet if they show up the way they've been trained the guy comes off as needy and weak and as my partner mark says no woman wants to be her man's new mommy (laughs) yep that's right mark that's right oh really I, I hear what you're saying about the men and uh, my, my business got started working with professional women working in male dominated industries. They came to me because they wanted spiritual guidance and they wanted to feel sexy. These women were powerhouses. I mean, like these amazing women that, mm-hmm. um, movie directors, producers, attorneys, these powerhouses. 
and they just wanted to like be soft and to feel safe and taken care of that whole other side. So hearing what you're saying about these men and knowing what I've experienced with my clientele over the years and since becoming a dating coach four years ago, I've had my clientele has been 50-50. So it's been really neat seeing the man side. Really, I feel like we need like a whole redo. I feel like we need to like, we need to hit the reset button and, and redefine how we are in relationships, how, um, uh, like uh, all the labels that we do, like the, you talked about the nice guy thing. Right. I stopped using the word nice. I don't use that word anymore because I've decided that nice it's doing something and needing something in return. Like there is right. a weak, there is a weakness to it. That's it's exactly like part of the nice guy period. If I do something for you, will you please like me? Will you validate yeah. me? Will you know? Will you yeah. you know give me a little of love? Will you get something? Right. And so the word that I've started using is kind. Mm-hmm. We want people who are kind. We don't want the nice guy. The nice guy's not going to take care of us. He's not going <clears> to <throat> knock it out in the bedroom. He's right. not going to like, you know, but a kind person, a kind man, a kind woman, that is a person that knows themselves. They are at peace with themselves. They're conscientious about the people around them. They want to take care of another person uh, in a kind and loving, generous manner, but they are not going to give themselves to the point that they are completely drained, diminished. It's, it comes from the energy is very different need, or I'm sorry, nice is very needy, low vibrational as in kind that's powerful. So I, I, that's a two cents with nice and kind. Yeah. I love that. And one of the energetic distinctions I felt when you were sharing that is kind is easier. I don't know if that's the best word, but kind kind flows more naturally when you really are centered and grounded mm-hmm. in you. You know, we we talk in TEM about external locus of control and internal locus of control. Mm. Your average semi-conscious to unconscious human, we're trained to have an external locus of control. Right. right. Yeah. How much money do I make? What kind of car am I driving? What kind of job do I have? Am I a success or am I a failure? All determined by external variables. Internal locus of control is am I in alignment and integrity with who I am and what matters to me? Mm. And when we come from that place, then kindness and empathy and compassion is going to, they're going to be much more organic byproducts because we're just doing us. Yep. And, and, when you were talking a few minutes ago, the other thought like this that came to me is the redo, the reset mm-hmm. that you're talking about is that we all have to get back to being human. Because right before you said that, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I remember I used the word rules. Okay. Well, rules. I mean, without rules, a society would be anarchy. So you got to have some. Right. But there's rules of behavior. But men and women have been conditioned for generations that there's rules around how you're supposed to be. Yep. And there's a big-ass difference between being and your behavior. Hopefully, they're congruent and they're positive. Right. But... How I behave is not who I am. That's not the sole thing. Right. So I think the redo is how do we promote and teach people to not have rules 
for your gender as much as you have your own set of internal rules whose purpose is mostly, if not exclusively, to keep you in integrity with being the most realized and conscious person that you can be. Mm. And recognizing that you're occupying space with a ton of other people who, whether they know it or not, probably really want to achieve that. And that that is a common ground that whether you're a man or a woman, you could have all kinds of meaningful interactions and conversations and bring in elements of male and female, masculine and feminine, in a polarity that can be fluid. Yep. And that it's all around how do we support each other in being good humans more than how how do I be the best man or the best woman? Right. Be a good human. Right. Just be a good human. Right. No one gender corners the market on the ability to be a shit. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And and when we are being a good human, when we are solid in who we are, we love ourselves, we have a great relationship with ourselves, then we can we can be single for the rest of our lives. We can we can we can have any type of relationship we want. Oh, um, one of my one of my team members, she laughs. She, after working with me for a few months, she's like, Jessica, this is crazy. You're a dating coach, but what really happens is people come in looking for love, and they work with you for a while, and they love themselves so much that they're not needy and out there looking for people. I'm like, I know, right. I know. <laughs> it's just, it's it's just like Oz behind the curtain, like the what the magic really is, and and that's where it comes from because. The, the work that we're doing in the world is, yes, it's about helping people navigate relationships and how to have healthy relationships, but the number one relationship is is right here. It's right here with us. That's the crew. I mean, I tell every couple I work with, I, you don't want to hire me to save your marriage. You want to hire me to help you save yourself and your authenticity. And we'll use the marriage wow. as the sandbox to help you get there. Ooh. And at the end of it, you're either going to be together and really completely redesigned and rebuilt as a couple. Or you're going to be able to go, well, you know, I'm a colonial and you're kind of Victorian and they're not going to match. <laughs> right. So we need to get it into different houses of relationship. So that... It always boils down to that. Oh, my goodness. Jeff, you are so amazing. Oh, it's always such a pleasure speaking with you. I want to I talk about your men's groups again and how, um, how can people get in touch with you? Does somebody have to be in Denver? Do they? Okay, d- let's, let's talk about that because I think sure. it's really important because I do have a lot of male listeners and followers and they need you, Jeff. So how, how can they be involved with your men's groups? So one, one thing that has also changed since you and I were together last is we, we've grown as a community. Um, so we have groups in different cities and we have, uh, virtual groups that have men from, really literally all over the world now. Oh my gosh, that's great. And we also have kind of organically evolved into also being a coaching company for men. Not that we would turn a woman away, but just within the evolving man structure. We are also now providing coaching for men because not all men want to be in a group. They're not ready. They're ready they realize, I think I need some help, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready to go in front of a bunch of other dudes mm-hmm. and admit that I need help. Right. So we do provide, in particular, we now have a relationship coaching service 
We offer relationship coaching to men and their women if they're with a woman. That's the one place that's co-ed. Okay. We also provide coaching for men who do know what they want professionally and already have some level of success, but they're really wanting to radically up their performance. Okay. So executive performance coaching. Wonderful. That's there. And then we also provide coaching in masculinity. Mm. Mm. What is healthy masculine and how do you live it? That's right. And that gets into helping them find purpose. And then how do you live your purpose in the real world? Things like that. So whether it's that or groups, and right now we have one, two, we have three groups in Denver. We have two groups in Boulder for you Coloradans. And then we have two all-virtual groups, and I'm actually looking to start a couple more virtual groups, particularly one for millennial men. Great. Who might live out in Dubuque or Topeka, Kansas, and there ain't no men's groups. Sure. In a lot of areas. Um, or they want to be able to... So I want... One group that's tailored to that age group, but also groups that are for men that are more in my age category, which is how it used to be. It was always middle-aged men for years and years. And it's just been in the last two years that the young guys are showing up and going, we're ready to work. Mm -hmm. So for any dude listening to this conversation that's liking what I'm saying and if it's scaring you half to death, you probably ought to get in touch with me. So the best way to do it is to just email me at Jeff, which is G-E-O-F-F, at TheEvolvingMan.com. Great. Or they can uh, call me at 303-709-1006. You can go to our website, which we're redesigning, so it's not really where we want it yet, but at least gives some of the basic what we're about. And that's TheEvolvingMan.com. And um, if you're a woman listening and you think your man ought to talk to me, you can do that. If you're a couple listening and you're hearing what Jessica and I are saying and you're going, man, I want a relationship like that, same number, same email address will get you to the relationship architect side of things. I love that. And we're going to put all of that information in our show notes. So if you're driving the car right now listening, you're on the treadmill, don't worry. You can just uh, go to the show notes and all of Jeff's information is there. Um, I am a huge advocate. I think everyone needs a community. Everyone needs a therapist. Everyone. So anyone that's listening, reach out. And Jeff has, like I said at the beginning of the show, a lot of my friends are in your groups, yeah. clients of my group, and these men are incredible. Denver is popping right now. The men it of is. Denver are, they are showing up. They are showing up professionally, spiritually, and so we're, we're working on the relationship part and the dating scene. We're working on that, Jeff. We're working on it <laughs> together. Yep. So I really... Um, you guys call Jeff, go see Jeff. And I love having you on the show. I love you. Uh, you are so kind and plugged in spiritual. You're a spiritual powerhouse really is what you are and such a great man. So thank you for showing up in my life. Thank you for being on this show. We're going to do this again. Yeah, we have to. I feel like we need the Jeff and Jessica show. <laughs> I'm down. I am too. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> thank you for bringing oh. me back. It, oh. it, it's a, uh, you know, I get, I do a fair number of interviews and I'm not at all blowing smoke when I say the ones with you, including today, have been the easiest and the most heartfelt and really what we're offering is transformational. Yes. So I don't ever take it for granted, even when I have a great interview with somebody, that they're going to have me back. I don't expect it. And I'm just really grateful that 
you know, you wanted to play again, and I'm happy to play in the sandbox with you anytime. Aw, thank you. I love that. Thank you, Jeff. And thank you to everyone who is listening. I really appreciate you. Again, visit my show notes for all of Jeff's contact information and make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Follow me on Instagram at jessicasmith.love and uh, rate and review this podcast and uh, let us know what you think. And until next time, get out there and love each other.